We are so excited that you are joining us today. We here at Royal Priesthood Ministries are dedicated and committed to teaching, equipping, and training men and women in the principles of God. These principles will free them from their past hurts, pains, frustrations, and confusions, helping them find love, help, forgiveness, peace, divine direction, and encouragement. Our senior pastor, Harold W. Britton Sr. and co-pastor Sherry Britton have answered the call that God placed on their lives. Let's hear what the Lord is saying through His vessels today. Thank you for this platform that you've given me. I thank you for the word that burns even now in my belly. I declare in the name of Jesus that I decrease so that you can that, that I decrease that you increase in me, Father God. I declare that the power, that the word of the Lord that you've given me will come out with power and with might and with strength and destroy the kingdom of darkness and provide for your people strategy and hope and faith, Father God, as they walk this walk of life. And Father God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is a custom here that we stand on our feet. And I'm going to ask you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, it is a common verse that we hear quite often in the church house. Proverbs chapter 3, I'm going to be looking at verses 5 and 6. Go ahead, let them come in. I'll wait to let them come in. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say hold on a minute. All right, let us go in. And it reads, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. You may have your seat. And with that scripture, the title of this message is simply, Trust God. Trust. Trust is total confidence in the integrity in the integrity, ability, or character of another. It is one in whom confidence is placed. It means to depend and rely on and expect with assurance. We are urged and encouraged to trust in the Lord. Somebody say trust in the Lord. The word of God tells us in Psalms 118 in verse 8, it says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Somebody say amen. amen. Hello. Proverbs 11 and 28 says, Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Uh-oh. It say, if you trust in your money, down you go. There is no hope there. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Proverbs 28, verse 26, it says, Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. The word of God just showed us that we can't or should not trust in other people. We should not just trust in money, 
even rely and trusting in our own selves. We must fully put our trust in who? God. Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. How many people you talk to lately that say, oh, I've been thinking about you. How many people you have come up to you lately and say, oh, I've been making plans for you. Huh. We don't hear that very often, do we? That people thinking thoughts towards us and making plans for us. Romans 8 and 34 and Hebrews 7 and 25 lets us know that Jesus, he is interceding for us. He doing all that for us. He is praying on our behalf. He is thinking thoughts for uh, towards us, and he is making plans towards us. Why would we not trust in him? God sent his son to the cross for us to save us from eternal damnation. Why would we not put our trust in the Lord? He has presented so much for us. Let me tell you, trust is built through a series of encounters. Where at the end of each encounter, you will have compiling evidence by which you see, by which you observe, by which you hear and feel with a person, whether or not you're going to place trust in them. That's how trust comes, through a series of encounters. You're with the person, I'm going to see how they behave, how they talk, how they treat people. And at the end of each encounter I have with the person, I'm going to have evidence at the end of each encounter whether or not should I trust this person or not. Trust is not something that is immediate. It's built over time. As I said, a series of encounters. If I don't know you, you're not going to get my trust. So in order for trust to be built, created, or accomplished, relationship is needed. Somebody say relationship. We must build a relationship with God to trust him. Just in the natural, with people, we got to build a relationship with them before we give them access, before we start sharing information, before we, you know. And when I say relationship is needed, I'm not talking about a title, because you can have a mother or a sister or a brother or a cousin, and just because you have relationship to me, don't mean you have relationship with me. Relationship is not based on title. Relationship is based on connection. Somebody say connection. That means we have to connect with God. How do we connect with God? Our, we build our relationship with God based on his word. Is it active and manifesting in our lives? We read his word, but we don't just read the words on the page. When we're connecting with God, we read the words on the page, but then we have to have an action that corresponds with what we read. 
Because see, if we just read it and look at it, it's words. But God's word is alive, which means you have to put it in action. Say, put it in action. Those words are not going to jump off the page by themselves. You read it, you do it. And when you do it, it's going to produce results because the word is active and it is alive. Hebrews 4 and 12 say the word is active and alive and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So we build our relationship with God based on his word and how we apply it. Because, see, if we read the word and we do exactly what it says, something has to be to manifest. And let me tell you, if you read it and you do what it says, you can't come back and tell me that nothing worked. You can't tell me it didn't work. Because God said his word is alive. You're, when you are building relationship with God, there will be manifesting fruit. Somebody say fruit. That means something in your life is going to change. When you pray and worship, we receive strength and we receive peace. Is that not true? That's how we know our relationship with God is working because when we do the things that we're supposed to do, we get results. We get told to spend time with him. We get told to read the word of God. We get told to worship and pray. And every one of these things produces results. There is, it is not possible to read the word of God, worship and pray, and fast with the right heart and nothing happens. The life of a believer consists of believing and confessing. Say believing and confessing. So if I'm supposed to trust you, that means I got to have faith in you, correct? That's right. If we're going to read the word of God and do the, there's no point of me doing what the word says if I don't believe something's going to happen. That's just a waste of time. If you don't believe the word is going to work, then don't do it. Because you're wasting your time in God's as well. But when we're at the end of our rope, when we are seeking more, we say on the inside, there's got to be more to this life than what I'm doing. That's when we read the word of God and those words will come alive. And we determine in our heart because everything that we do is based upon a decision. Everything we do is based upon a decision. We have to determine in our hearts that we are going to read, that we are going to fast, that we are going to pray. And when you read the word of God and when you fast, and worship, results happen. Living for Christ will compel you to let go of your worldly living. When you come to Christ, we've got to spend time in the Word. When we say those words, Lord, come into my life, be Lord of my life, that means we've got to forsake what we've been doing. We've got to learn something new. When we come to Christ, we are, made, we are called new creatures, right? But the only thing that changed when you came to Christ at that moment was your spirit. Your life and your habits, that's up to you. You have to change that. You have to put in work and effort. And we read the word of God to find out how to do that. 
in reading the word of God, we read that he is holy. And if he's holy, we're supposed to be holy. We read in the word of God that he is righteous. And he gives us the gift of righteousness as we grow. We build our relationship and our trust with God as we read the word, as we live for him. The more we live for him, we are compelled to let things that are not good for us go. Because why? Because we're clinging to him now. He becomes our substitute. And when you fill your life and when you fill your spirit with all that is good, that bad stuff, it comes to the surface and it falls off. Why? Because you're not focused on doing those things anymore. Your focus is in the word of God, which is strengthening you. The, your focus is on praying, which is, which is strengthening you. Your focus is on worship, which is strengthening your inner man. And those things, those habits that we don't like, those things that we say and do that's not so good, they fall off because of the presence and the power of God. Stronger the connection, the trust with God increases. Just like a person. If you spend time with the person long enough, you'll start talking like them. You'll start acting like them. You'll start thinking like them. And that's what we want as believers. That should be our goal. Because in the natural, I know we all got friends, got a best friend. And some people say, y'all act alike. Y'all talk alike. Why? Because they've been around each other for so long. But our goal as believers should be the more as we spend time with God, the more that we are worshiping and in his word, we ought to sound like God. We ought to look like God. We, start, we should behave like the Father is in us. We want the word of God to change and transform us so we can maintain that new creature status. Because if we are far from him and far from his word, then the habits of the world will consume us, and that's what we don't want. Because if the habits of the world are consuming us, then we are not able to be used by God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have, been, have become new. The change that we undergo with trusting God is evidence to the power of God because without him or his word, change couldn't occur. I know you hear people all the time say, I'll get, I, I gotta get myself right and then I'll come. What's the purpose of you getting yourself right? Because if you can get yourself right, what you need God for? No, you come as you are. The change that you go undergo as a believer is a testament and evidence to the power of God. Because the more you spend time in your word and the more you worship and the more you're in his presence, that's evidence of his power because you can't do it on your own. We don't have the power within ourselves to, to do it. As we have confidence in God and his word and our trust is built on him, which is the truest foundation of all. Because we already got told that we can't trust in people. And then we can't trust in money. Money and people have their limits. Christ is.
is our truest, strongest foundation. And when we are built, we built our trust on him, and when we have trust fully in him, then we know for sure that he hears us. We know for sure that he is with us, and we know for sure that we belong to, uh, to him. That's the one I like. When you have trust in God, his word is working for you. You know he's hearing you when you pray. You're not being ignored. You know he hears you. And you know that you belong to him. That's powerful. Oh, to belong to God? Oh, Jesus, that's a blessing in itself. God gives us his word because there are things that he wants to get to us. First of all, he wants us to be close and have confidence in him that no matter what we go through, he's there. We got to have instruction in this life. We go through situations and circumstances all the time. People in the world acting crazy, doing stuff. We have to have our trust in God. Because you know what? We are believers and we belong to him. But we also have an assignment ourselves because we are deemed ministers of reconciliation. Somebody say reconciliation. That means not only am I supposed to just say that I am attached to Christ, I'm supposed to behave like it, and I'm supposed to share the goodness of God with others. That's what I'm supposed to do. How can I tell you about somebody I don't trust? Uh-oh. How am I supposed to tell you about the goodness of the word of God if I don't believe it work or if I don't believe it's for me? Uh-oh. God wants us so close and tightly knit with him that we believe his word. We're doing his word because if you believe something, you're going to do it. If I don't believe, if I plug in the toaster, if I don't believe that it's going to work, what, why would I waste my time plugging it in? It's pointless. I'm going to plug in that toaster because I know I want to make some toast. Well, you know what? We need to learn to plug into the word of God so that we can stay healed. We need to plug into the word of God and speak life over our children and over our family because we're priests of our homes. We need to plug into the word of God so that the presence and the power of God can be on us so when we go to the grocery store, we're not afraid to pray and minister to the people that we see. We don't just stay at home and go to church. We go to stores, grocery store, we go to school, we go to work, and the people that we are around, our, our, our discernment should go off when there's somebody who needs to be prayed for. If I trust God, then I don't have no problem. I've got boldness and I've got confidence to go and say, hey, sister, come here, let me pull you to the side, let's talk. Hey, brother, come on. I see you going through something, let's pray. We can't do that without trusting God because, see, without God, we don't have no power. What do I look like trying to lay hands on you? What kind of power I got? None. I could have a million dollars in my pocket and somebody with a headache. There is not an amount of money you can pay for a headache to go away. Which is why you said we're not supposed to trust in our money. Money has limits. But I bet you if I quote the word of God on there, he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. And I believe in my heart. And I come lay hands and commend that sickness off of you. What's going to happen? It's got to go. 
Because the word of God does not return void. He wants us to have trust in him because in this world, there is an enemy. There is a devil. He is coming to seek. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's not coming just to knock you down and get you hurt just a little bit. He won't take you out. And only through faith in God and only through trusting in God are we going to be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Kiana don't have enough smarts to fight the devil. I don't. But the Lord has given me his word. And his word is what backs us up. It's because of his word that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody say, trust in God. Psalms 20 and verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalms 37, 3 through 5, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. All of that coming just from trusting in the Lord. See, there's benefits to trusting God. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But that's only going to happen if you trust. That's only going to happen if you're spending time in his word and you can see time after time what he has done for others, he will do for you because he is no respecter of persons. He don't like men more than he likes women. He don't like black people more than he likes Caucasian people. He is no respecter of persons. The defining word is if you trust. Because he ain't going to make you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to make you love him. He will not drag you by your ear down to the altar and say, come serve me. No, it's your choice. And we have to decide, is it worth that choice to come to the altar, forsaking all to accept him? Let me tell you, it's worth it. Because you miss out on nothing when you trust in the word of God. You miss out on nothing when you trust God in his word. As a matter of fact, <laughs> you open up yourself to receive the fullness of all that he is. You miss nothing trusting in God. Psalms 56, verses 3 and 4, it says, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere, mere mortals do to me? Oh, I trust in the Lord, so what can man do to me? Nothing. Because when you trust in the Lord, you have his protection, the protection of his angels, the protection of his blood. Let me tell you, there is confidence that comes with trust. Trust is not easily given. Oh, you look like a nice person, so I'm going to trust you. No, it don't work that way. Something has to be proven for trust to be given. And we have to be careful what we place our trust in. Who we place.
place I trust in. Because let me tell you, no matter how hard you hope for somebody to be good for you, they're only as good as the capacity of where they are. Think about that. Say, for instance, I'm putting my trust in Sister Tina, Minister Tina. And I'm hoping, and I'm praying, and I'm just, oh, I'm just, ah, I'm hoping that she's, she's putting all trust in her. I got all hope. And no matter how much I hope, no matter how hard I decide to trust her, she is only capable of being trusted at the level she's in. And we need to learn to understand that. Us as parents, all we have hopes and we have trust in our children, but then they do something else. Why? Because they are only capable of doing what they know. But guess what? There are no limitations. There are no disappointments when it comes to trusting God. Because he can do all things but fail. That is why we are supposed to put our trust in him. We can't put our trust in another person because if that person decides to not be nice that day, no matter how hard you trust, they're going to do what they want to do. But it says that God will never leave us or forsake us. The word of God tells us that he is a man that he cannot lie. He don't change. We have, he is our cornerstone. We can trust that he is who he is. When we ask for healing and confess healing, healing is what you're going to get. When you plead the blood of Jesus and you confess that, you get the protection of God. He is sure, no matter what, he doesn't change. Somebody say, trust God. Proverbs 28 and 25, it says, An arrogant and greedy man stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be blessed and prosper. How many people want to be blessed? How many people want to prosper? Everybody. I don't have time in my life to, play, to misplace trust in people. Time is short. And the enemy know it too. And that's why he fights so hard against our relationship with God. That's why situation after situation come at you. And it seems like ain't nothing letting up. It seems like every day, all the time, something's coming at me. You know why? Because your purpose is great. The enemy wants to try and knock you off your walker to get you to stop in your fight so you give up. That's all he wants. He wants to get a hold of you so you can't press forward. But we say no. Say no. I will put my trust in God. We will trust in him. Matthew 19, 26, it said, But Jesus beheld them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Say, with God all things are possible. Hallelujah. All things. There's no question. When we trust God and his word, there's no question. All things are possible. We got to be ready to fight because 
The enemy will use whatever and whomever he can. He will use situation, circumstances, your relatives, your spouse, your children, anything to create a, a divide, a rift in separation between you and God. You ever have somebody close to you, but then you don't talk to them for so long? Then you don't, you don't spend time with them either? And the time and space in between gets larger and larger? Relationship and connection is not so close anymore. That's what the devil wants to do with you and God. He wants to get you to separate yourself to where you are not reading. He wants you to get you to separate yourself to where you are not going to church. You are not fasting. You are not worshiping. And anybody who's been in the church know that you feel a little bit condemned when, well, I ain't been praying. I ain't been worshiping. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to church because I ain't been doing what I should. And the enemy will get to talk, talking to you to pull you further away. But it's at that point I'm coming to tell you, sir and ma'am, at that point when you feel I don't know if I should, I haven't been doing, I haven't. God loves you anyway. The last thing he wants is separation from you. Scripture tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. No matter what you did, no matter what you didn't do, he wants you. All we got to do is trust him. Believe in his word. Do his word. Somebody say, trust God. It is very important to trust God. Trusting God brings with it confidence. It brings with it boldness, health and prosperity, purpose and destiny, the absence of fear. Let me know. Let me tell you, when you trust God, you ain't afraid and scared of nothing and nobody because you know the word of God and his angels and his blood is backing you up. You ain't got no fear. No fear when you have relationship and when you are connected with God. Because you know that you can overcome and conquer anything, and nothing can stop you. God wants us more than anything to trust him and to trust his word and to trust his way. But the enemy, he will come hard at you. He'll come hard at you. And that's why James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. See, people always want to say, just resist the devil and he'll flee. But you got to do what the verse above it say. You got to submit yourself to God. Because we don't have the power within ourselves. Because see, one thing that, that we have to fight against us is our flesh. Say flesh. That means what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we touch will make us feel good. The enemy uses our flesh against us. So me and my own power, I can't resist my flesh because it feels too good. It tastes too good. And that's how the enemy try and get us. But we have to learn to submit to God. No, I will not do that thing. No, I will not go to that place. No, Lord, I want you only. We have to actively submit to God. We just can't say it. We got to actively do it. Sometimes we can say within ourselves, nope, I will not say that. Nope, I will not go there. But sometimes that thing is so powerful and it's so strong, you got to speak out loud. No, you don't, Kiana. Don't you go over there. No, you don't, Kiana. Don't you pick up that phone and talk to that person. No, you don't, Kiana. Don't you go and go buy you another drink. No, you don't. 
we got to trust in God and do the word. The word of God is just not mere words. There is power behind the words. We have to speak and we have to do. In James it says, don't just be hearers of the word. We have to do it. This Bible is of no effect. It's powerful in itself. Every single word is powerful. But if I take this Bible and throw it at the devil, what did I just do? I didn't do nothing but fling a book. The word of God becomes powerful not when it's sitting here on the page. The word of God is powerful when it is in your mouth. The word of God is powerful when it is in your heart. The word of God is powerful when it is in your mind and you're speaking and you're meditating on it day and night, as Joshua says. Meditate in the word day and night, night and day. And when you do that, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. The word of God is not powerful just sitting here on the page. Which means we got to take the initiative. The Lord Jesus, he already went to the cross. He took the keys of death and hell. He arose with all power and might. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He's done everything. So in the relationship, he is the one who's already here standing waiting for us. He's waiting on us to trust him. And keep our end of the relationship and come and visit him in his word. And visit him in worship so he can download his word to you. So he can give you strategy. The word of God is powerful. And the more that we give ourselves over to him, the more that we make ourselves available to him, we can see him mighty and strong. When we are trusting God and building our relationship, another thing that is important is that we hear his voice. He will talk to us and give us strategy. He will say, do this, don't do that. He will give you things to pray. He will strengthen you. I know we got to get ready to go. We're talking about trusting God. Two years ago, I purchased a home. And at first, I didn't even want a house. I was like, this apartment is fine. I'm just saving up my money. I, I decided well, I wasn't going to go nowhere. I'm just going to stay in the apartment. But God had plans for me. Because within a couple months, he, the place was getting too small. It's like, oh, we don't have room. We're running out of space. So I was like, okay, I'll start looking for a house. So I'm looking. I made a list of the things that I want. Somebody said, make a list. So you're just going to be aimlessly looking. Make a list of the stuff that you want, stuff you're looking for. I know how much money I had set aside, so I know what price range I should have been looking in. After about a month and a half, I saw a house that I liked. When I saw the house, I was like, oh, yes, yes, this is what I'm looking for. Yes, got so excited. And then the, then the, the realtor started talking about shooting out numbers. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, them, them numbers is bigger than what I bargained for. And I loved what I saw, and I wanted what I saw, but fear gripped me. And I told him, I said, I'll, I'll wait. Or maybe I'll just wait till next year. I'll save up more money. I'll wait. But the Spirit of the Lord would let that go. 
It stayed in my spirit. So I went home that night, and I couldn't get that house out of my mind. And I'm like, Lord, uh, yeah, but no. He said, what you, what you afraid of? I said, I don't know. He said, walk the process and see where it takes you. So I said, okay. Next morning, I called my, my, my agent. I said, put an offer. And he was like, okay. And after I said that, I said, no, 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 don't do it. Then I said, yeah, 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 do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, make the offer. And then I hung up. And then I called back. And I said, no, no, don't do it, don't do it now. <laughs> See, I wasn't sure. I was not sure. I knew what I wanted, but I'm still not sure. So I had to take my son to a dentist appointment. And while I was waiting, the Spirit of the Lord started talking to me. He said, Kiana, he said, you keep asking me to do it. You keep asking me to bless it, but you're not giving me nothing to work with. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. So I called my real estate agent for the fifth time that day, and I said, do it. That's my final answer, do it. Within 10 minutes, he called me back. He said, you got a counter offer. They went five grand or more than what you did. And I'm like, well, I didn't go full price for a reason because I didn't want to pay all the money. Still, the Spirit of the Lord said, you keep asking me to do it, and you keep asking me to bless it, and you're not giving me nothing to work with. I said, okay, tell him I'll pay full price. Within five minutes, he said, you got a house. I said, I got a who? <laughs> he said, you got a house. The Spirit of the Lord let and guide me, even though I wasn't sure. But the fact that I was able to hear his voice, he reassured me, even though I'm looking at my resources. He said, walk it out. See where it leads you. Give me something to work with. And I got the house. Along the process, it was some rocky stuff, though. The lady took the appliances at the last minute. So how are you going to give me a house with no appliances? I got kids. I had already given them what I had for the down payment. The only thing I had left was emergency money. Come on, say somebody say emergency money. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're not trying to go into emergency money now. I said, Lord, give me wisdom. And the Lord, the from the coaching of other people and the wisdom of God, three years before, I was led to open a bank account for my children, Trinity and Daniel. And every month I was putting money into these accounts. So in these accounts, by that time we got the house, there was three grand in each one. I did not want to touch it. That's for their future. But the Lord said it's for a reason. So I had a talk with them and said, hey, Mama got to use your money. We got this house. We got no appliances. So because of wisdom and following instructions, I was able to purchase appliances with no problem. We got to learn to trust God. Somebody say trust God. When that, I saw that house and that realtor asked me, do you want to make an offer or not? I didn't have two weeks to fast and pray and say, Lord, is this your will? I didn't have two weeks. I had mere minutes to make a decision. And that's why our relationship with God is important. 
That's why we have to be able to trust him. Scripture says, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of another they will not follow. It is beneficial with our walk with God for trusting him. It is also beneficial for our natural lives. He will warn us of things that are ahead. Trusting God gives us confidence. It gives us wisdom. And as I said before, we are ministers of reconciliation. We are supposed to be able to trust him, love on him, know he is real no matter what, and help somebody and help them get delivered as well. Our trust in the Lord should be infectious to where other people want to live for him too because they see how we are in our life. Oh, she fired up. Oh, she excited. Oh, she happy. I want that happiness in my life. I want the power of God at work in my life. I want his blessing at work in my life. We all can have it. All we have to do is make a decision to trust God. This Bible, it is not a storybook. It is not a storybook. What is contained in the pages of this book is real life. Wasn't that an awesome teaching from the Word of God? Join us every Sunday morning in the sanctuary at 2518 Delaware Avenue, Flint, Michigan, 48506. Sunday school is at 10 a.m. Sunday morning worship service at 11.30 a.m. Wednesday prayer is at 6 to 7 p.m. and Wednesday Bible study at 7 to 8 p.m. all Eastern Standard Time. You can visit us on Facebook under Royal Priesthood Ministries. You can watch us on Roku, The Fire Stick, Apple TV, Facebook, YouTube, and Cross TV under the Five-Fold Network. You can also listen to us on iTunes and Google Play Podcasts under the Five-Fold Network. You can also call us at 810-424-1503. To give a donation, you can cash app us at dollar sign $7HWB. God bless you, and we will see you next time.